one. What is going on, everyone? And welcome back to another episode of Sunday Talk. Uh, this week, unfortunately, Jose and Carson will be out of town, out of service. So we got Chase filling in for today's episode. Chase, how we doing? I'm doing good. How you doing, Liam? I'm doing just fine. So for today, this Sunday Talk, I got a bunch of topics here today that I'm going to talk about. A lot of pressing topics in sports today. But first, I'll ask you, Chase, what's your thought on the Euro Cup so far? I'm not a huge soccer guy. I mean, I think the big thing that everyone saw was, you know, Denmark's star went down um, in cardiac arrest, uh, one of the best players in the world, then was able to get resurrected, of course. But what's your thoughts on this the tournament in all of its entirety so far? Um, so far, I mean, it's going how it's, it should on paper. Uh, there haven't really been many upsets. Um, England, who was one of the favorites, they played today. They, they won 1-0. It was a good game, not not their best, but, you know, that's to be expected for the start of the tournament. You want to b- get better as you go on. Mm-hmm. Um, we still haven't seen, you know, the um, the uh, the favorites in France or Portugal. We haven't seen them play. They play tomorrow. So we'll, I'm, I'm excited to see what's to come of this tournament. Um, you know, it's one of my favorites because it, it is a World Cup style. I love those type of tournaments. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm excited how this plays out. So yeah, I mean, I, and going on the Denmark, um, you know, Denmark was a very, they were a sleeper team this tournament. A lot of people weren't, ex, you know, expecting them to go far, but on paper, their team, you know, doesn't jump out at you, but their playing is very good. They, they know what they're doing. And Ericsson, Christian Ericsson was the guy who kind of glued them all together he was the guy to you know carry them kind of necessarily and then you know show up in big games and you know it's sad at what happened i don't know if you've seen the video but it was very scary i Mm -hmm. mean looked like he was yeah yeah, he looked like he was dead there for you know a minute or two he had to be brought back through cpr but he he is doing well in the hospital right now and he's undergoing further tests so that's Mm -hmm. good uh, yeah, so we'll move on to some brighter notes. So uh, in recency, uh, we've seen the Utah Jazz be a team that's been dominating the NBA playoffs. They were able to beat the uh, Memphis Grizzlies in a 4-1 uh, gentleman sweep. And now uh, they have a 3-0 lead. They just lost the last game four, making it 3-1, uh, heading back to Utah, uh, presumably a closeout game on their home turf. But uh, Stephen A. Smith made arguably one of the biggest takes he's ever made and arguably maybe one of the worst takes, but I think we got to, you know, we got to talk about at least the subject of this. So uh, on, you know, on ESPN, he made the take that Donovan Mitchell is already the best star in Utah jazz history, which is blasphemy when you think that John Stockton's a top eight point guard of all time. And Carl Malone is probably a top eight power forward of all time. So I think he's got to talk about today. I mean, just, you know, I think we all can agree it's a terrible take. I think he's, mm-hmm. he's still got a lot of work to do, but I think we got to talk about his greatness and how good of a player he's been. Just kind of taking a look at the stats that he's had in this series against the um, Lakers. Oh, sorry, no. It was 2-1. Never it was 2-1, yeah. I yeah. thought it was 3-1 because I know the uh, Suns are playing tonight. The Suns are up 3-0, yeah. So, no, it's a 2-1. Um, but, no, Donovan Mitchell has been absolutely crazy this series averaging 37.3 points, 
uh, shooting 50 from the field, 48.5 from three, and 65.8 from the free throw line. Stephen A. did also say that he can be the best guy on a championship team, and what do you think about that, Chase? Yeah, I mean, just from what I've seen, um, he is unbelievable this series and in these playoffs. I mean, there was a stretch I watched, what was it, last night they played? Yeah. Yeah, so there was a stretch where he scored like 10 straight points or something like crazy. I think it it was his big second quarter. He had like 16 or 20 in that second quarter, Um, but he – he went on a roll, and it was like, no matter who you put on him, because I think Kawhi was guarding him at one point, trying to put the fire out. But then he still got by Kawhi, and you're like, who can guard this guy? Mm-hmm. If Kawhi, one of the best, you know, defenders in the league, can't guard him, who who's gonna guard him? Like, what do you, what do you put on him? And yeah, he's just been crazy. I mean, every time he goes down on the offensive court or on the offensive side, side, you think he's either gonna score do a huge dunk or assist. I mean, it's honestly crazy. He He's almost – he's carrying this team like Luka is the Mavs, but a little better because he has a, a better supporting cast. Well, I think okay. it makes him better. I got to say here, so I think a player that I always got to throw in the discussion with him is Devin Booker. Both guys were picked 13th in their draft. Both guys more than likely are going to end up playing each other uh, you know, in the Western Conference Finals for both of those teams' first shots to win an NBA championship, who do you think is a better player at this point in their career? Ooh, that's tough. Um, oh, right now at their career, well, they, they, they're like two different style of players. You know, Donovan Mitchell has the ball in his hands at all time. Devin Booker doesn't need the ball. He's more, you know, he can create off the ball a little better than Donovan Mitchell can. Mm-hmm. But right now, um, the way I look at it is if you swap them, if you swap Devin Booker and Donovan Mitchell on their team, would their team be where they are right now? And yeah. I, think, I think if you look at it, like if Donovan Mitchell was on the Suns, I think they'd be even better. Hot, hot take. Oh, I agree. I mean, both players have kind of gone away. They've almost kind of switched their roles because Devin Booker has been known as a three-point shooter in his career. That's kind of what he started off as. Now he's more of a driver, whereas Donovan Mitchell, you know, is beginning to become more of a shooter. Um, and then neither are really great defenders. The, t- the take saying that Donovan Mitchell is a good defender isn't really true yet. I mean, his defensive box plus minus is still in the negatives, and Devin Booker's in the negatives, but it's far more negative than his. I mean, even a little bit of a more impressive defensive abilities from Donovan Mitchell putting on that Suns team. So I guess you could say, but I think at the same time, these guys are going to be the top two shooting guards going in for these next couple of years. But, yeah. um, I mean, it's just amazing what we're seeing from them. We'll see, you know, can they close out the Clippers? Um, we'll have to see about that. But now, uh, obviously, with these playoffs coming close, you know, with the conference finals coming up soon, uh, and knowing that Kyrie Irving is now uh, questionable for next game, uh, who do you think is your playoff prediction at this point? I'm still going to stick with the Utah Jazz. That's who I picked to begin with. Who would you have to say is your pick? I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the sleeper team. I'm going to go with the Sixers. Mm. On the on, you know, 
if you look at their team, they don't have, you know, they have Embiid, they have Simmons, but they don't, you know, people don't really know like Tobias Harris, who has been almost on an all-star level this whole year. Has been. Yeah, has yeah, has been. Should have. Should have been an all-star. He's been absolutely crazy for them. Um, you know, Danny Green making shots, Seth Curry, too. Another great shooter, Shake yes. Hilton. Yeah, you I like I said, you can't you can't have enough shooting. And then I think their team complements so well with Ben Simmons and all the shooting around him. And then you add guys like Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris. I think they're, you know, too big kind of they can they have defense for just about anyone. Like Matisse Thibel, great defender. He can, you know, lock up people. And then, you know, just like I said, the shooting and yeah, I think they're, I feel like no one's picking them because everyone wanted to see the Nets come out mm-hmm. of the, come out of the East. But now with Kyrie her and Harden her, right? Harden's hurt, right? Uh, yes. Harden has been hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Now with Harden hurt, you know, I don't see if, if it stays like that, I don't see the Nets coming out of that series now that they just tied it two two. So I'm going to go with the Sixers. Well, you can't go wrong with that. Mm-hmm. So uh, moving on, uh, switching gears here a little bit to the NFL. Obviously very far away. People, you know, like myself doing mock drafts and fantasy and stuff like that. But overall, um, it's going to be a great season, I think. There's a lot of teams that are going underrated at this point. A lot of teams getting overrated at this point. But I think there's a lot of contenders that just could come out of nowhere and surprise. Uh, and also people that can come out of nowhere and surprise are people that can win the most valuable player award. Mm. Obviously, defensive players don't really ever win it. Who knows? Aaron Donald's more likely to ever win it if anyone's going to at this point. But if you could pick pick today, if you were to put, you know, 10 bucks, someone gave you 10 bucks for free, go put a money line, dark horse MVP candidate bet for NFL next year. Who are you picking? Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill. He has... Probably the, he has the best running back in the game, and to compliment that, he just got one of the best receivers in the game in Julio Jones, and he already has uh, AJ Brown. I'm just, I'm excited for this team. He has one of the best offensive lines too. Um, and if you look at the numbers, I saw this this TikTok, and it was going back, and it said since Ryan Tannehill took over for Mariota, his mm-hmm. stats have been as good or better than Mahomes in that oh, yeah. in that period. It's crazy. He's he's such a like he's such a sleeper pick for anyone. He's a very good quarterback and he just, I don't think he gets the uh the recognition. But I feel like with Julio he'll finally, you know, get that recognition and yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what the Titans do. All right. What's up? So, uh, I I got one that's been kind of popular recently. Um, I'm going to take the 5'10", uh, former top 10 baseball pick. I'm taking Kyler Murray this year. I think I think he's getting a really dark horse because they're saying them they're the worst team in that division. That's what they're saying. But you got to realize uh, when the win MVP, it's not just about your individual performance. you got to have a team performance. And especially with them, he's got to be able to make the playoffs. And uh, now with more improvements, they brought in um, – J.J. Watt, they, they got Chandler Jones coming back from injury. I think it's going to be a great team. I think A.J. Green provides some great veteran presence. They got Rondell Moore in the draft. 
this guy has all the tools to succeed this year. And I'm thinking a huge breakout year, you know, sort of Lamar S. This man had a breakout year last year, you know, going for 26 touchdowns and 12 interceptions through the air, but he's still being a dual threat on the ground. I think if he goes out there, you know, they win at least nine, 10 games and he just has a phenomenal season. I could see him winning the MVP and I would not be surprised. Mm-hmm. He just has to be consistent. Oh, yeah, hundred percent consistent. Because I mean, I mean, what was it? Who had him? Did Carson have him last last year in fantasy? I think so. Yeah, because like you can okay. see in fantasy, like even though that's not an indicator, like he just fell off kind of after yeah. that Hale Murray game. They mm-hmm. kind of were the well, same. It was like I think I played him the first three or four weeks, and that was when Kyler was just everyone was expecting him to be MVP. I mean, by those just by those numbers. Oh yes, he was insane. And then he kind of fell off after that, after I played him, which <laughs> always works out in fantasy. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, even end of season going against Philadelphia, I mean, it was kind of a joke show of a game. It was Jalen Hurts' kind of coming out game. 406 yards. Um, how many touchdowns? Oh, is the touchdowns not showing up? No, but 406 yards. I believe he had, like, four touchdowns. Uh, just a crazy game from him. And then still like going out there. I mean, the Rams game kind of ruined it for him because he he got injured during that game and had their backup coming in play. And, you know, they didn't really get a chance to go for the playoffs. I mean, the Rams rightfully deserved it in the end. But, um, yeah, he was on fire at the beginning of the year. Like had that Lamar Jackson breakout kind of vibe. Then began to slow it down a little bit. But he's a much better thrower than Lamar is. Uh, he's always been that. So I think – He's really a great dual threat. I think if he goes for like eight, and you guys know we have more season now. We have one more game, so his stats are going to look even more crazy if he goes out there. Gets like eight hundred yards rushing, four thousand passing. You know, gets like thirty plus touchdowns. I think we could see a great season from him. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for him. You know, they did lose Larry Legend, or he hasn't signed. He's he's still unretired, right? Yes, he hasn't retired yet. Yeah. But, uh, you know, they lost him. I'm sad to see him go. But they did add, you know, like you said, a bunch of pieces around them. You know, Rondell Moore, one of my favorite wide receivers coming out of the draft. Mm-hmm. Dude is explosive. And fast as can Everything, be. yeah. Oh, he's uh, everything Andy Isabella isn't. Exactly. <laughs> um, but, no, we'll move on to my next topic. Uh so a thing that they're supposed to be talking about uh, in the next coming weeks, I believe, is the thoughts on the college football expansion. I believe it would be a 12-team format with the top four teams getting to buy. Uh, then they would play the winners of that, and then it you know, moves on to two. I mean, it moves on to four and then back to two. So a lot more games, you know, a lot more revenue for uh, the college football playoffs, which obviously makes sense in the end. It's a business. Mm-hmm. Everyone knows that. But – what is your thought on, you know, now this is probably going to give a chance for non-Power 5 teams like a Cincinnati to make the playoffs. What's your opinion on this for college football? Personally, I love it. I mean, I love seeing the underdogs come through. And, uh, you know, I sent in a couple questions, you know, throughout the past Sunday talks about, um, you know, not Power 5 schools, but, you know, schools like under the radar, like Northwestern last year was one of my favorite teams just because, you know, you don't think of Northwestern as a, uh, a football powerhouse, even though they sent, what, two guys to the NFL? I think? Uh, Newsom and Slater in the first round. 
Slater was. Uh, oh, in the first round, yeah. Yeah, thirteenth or who's something. um oh Morey goes TCU. That's right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm a t- I love it. You know, as a fan, I want to see more games. And what better way to do that than you know a twelve team, um, playoff? But then, then again, you have to look out for the students' safety and the athletes' safety. You know, how much are those extra games gonna you know put toll on their body? And will they have to travel? Like. Probably. I mean, I wonder if there's home field advantage for like yeah. first games until they go to the like the neutral sites for the top four. Mm-hmm. I mean, that'd just be crazy. Imagine, you know, a team like LSU, like they get they get a top four seed and then they gotta come to Death Valley and play. Dude, I mean the stadiums would be like just oh it would bring in the so atmosphere would be so crazy. And if you're a fan or you go to one of those schools, you would not want to miss that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. But then, what's the counter argument to it? Just like leave it it's, how it is, or like it's that's how it's been like for the last couple. I mean, but see, college football players haven't been there forever. Yeah, and I feel like it really kind of screws some teams over. Like Texas A and M was one that everyone thought mm-hmm. should have been the fourth seed this year. Obviously, Ohio State played like seven games, and I mean, obviously they proved their worth. You know, Justin mm-hmm. Fields went out there, put on a historic performance against his all-time rival in Trevor Lawrence. But I mean. I think there's, I mean, people just don't want to see it because they're like, oh, like it's like a Bama fan. It's like, oh, well, you just want to try and come beat us because, you know, that means they have to play X amount of more games. But, you know, with a bye week, you should be able to, you know, go out there and play. And then I think one thing you might have to worry about is if, you know, players don't want to play if they're going to be going to the NFL. Mm-hmm. Like you see in bowl games all the time, players just sit that. it out. And then, like, they're great players in college and you know going to be good prospects in the nfl and then they just don't play and they just kind of ruin your team's chances we really don't see that with teams you know in the top four so is that going to stop it when teams you know have this tournament that they're going to play their stars more or that their stars are more willing to play because it's really within their decision uh, we don't know yet that's the thing you know i think it was what last year florida like their top five wide receivers didn't play Oh, in the uh, the bowl game. In the bowl game, and Kyle Trask was literally like left for dead. Oh yeah, he had no That's one true. to throw to, and I was like, man, if I'm Kyle Trask right there, I'm, I'm livid. Yeah, just lighten up your teammates because like you really aren't coming out there and playing. Like coming from Miami fan, we didn't play our top two. I mean, yeah, we didn't play our top two edge rushers, Quincy Roche, who ended up going, I believe, in the sixth round to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and Jalen Phillips, who went uh, in the first round to the Dolphins. But those mm-hmm. guys were so instrumental in our success of our team. And we just got butt whipped by Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. We had no chance playing them. But, I mean, yeah, like you said, you don't see it with Bama. Bama always has their guys playing. They want to get that national championship. If you have 12 players, I mean, if you have 12 teams out there, you're going to bring in a lot more teams. And those guys aren't going to want to rest, I feel, because they can go out there and they can win that elusive chip and, you know, end it off their college um, yeah. careers on a high note. And even from the the athlete's perspective, you know, if I'm, you know, outside of the top four and I'm in, you know, maybe, you know, just outside of the top four and I haven't, you know, we haven't had the greatest season, but we also haven't had the worst and we get in, I'm playing because, hey, if I ball out, I'm NFL shot, maybe. It's a a showcase on the biggest stage. 
Better yeah, than yeah. A, it's going to be better than a bowl game. It's not no, it's gonna be like some random cheese at bowl game. It's going to be like everyone's watching. Like these guys are going to go on to play Bama, or they're going to play Clemson. They're going to play Ohio State. They're going to play Georgia, whoever that Oklahoma, whoever those teams are in the top four next year. Yeah, I mean it's it's a great showcase for all the teams, or for all the players too. And I'm like, it'll be they'll have more big time games to watch than like just a one-off bowl game oh 100%. like because if you think you know um you know nfl games you can't i mean you can compare them to college football but like there's like just this like atmosphere around nfl games that like you have to perform or else you're gonna get cut whereas like if you're in college you know you know you can have a couple off games but you know as long as you're okay you play, but yeah, I don't know. And I think the NCAA is doing this because, you know, of COVID, lost oh, a lot of redemption. money, lost yeah. a lot of money. So they're just trying to make some of that back with uh, with this. Mm-hmm. All right, but um, so ending this episode off, uh, the game has not started yet. That will be happening tonight on TNT. We got the Suns. With their first chance not making the playoffs last year after an 8-0 run in the bubble, uh, they got a chance to make the Western Conference Finals tonight going up against the MVP. Uh, currently, the line sits at minus 3 with the Suns favored minus 145 and the Nuggets plus 125. Chase, I want to know your prediction here. We'll be posting this right next in a couple minutes. So what is your prediction for the game tonight? Uh, Suns going to sweep. Okay. I feel, you know, that when you're down 3-0, there's not much hope to look for. I mean, then again, the Nuggets might go out just balls blazing and, you know, just set it on fire because they have nothing to lose. But I, I just think the Suns are, are too good. They have more depth, more, you know, quality players than them. I feel like they're just going to get it done tonight. All right. I mean, I don't think that minus three line, it's too appeasing. I think it's going to be a Suns victory, but I think it's coming down to the wire. I think you got to mm. put the ball in one of their top guys' hands. It's going to be Booker. It's going to be Paul in isolation, and that's going to be the guy to determine the series. So I think either they miss that last shot or they make the last shot, but I think it's coming down to the wire tonight out there in Denver at the Pepsi Center. So yeah. if they don't get it done tonight, they'll get it done in oh. the next next game they'll win there's yeah denver just kind of they need jamal murray out there they don't have a playmaker that can do it like i love michael porter jr he's one of my top favorite players in the nba right now but he he just can't create enough shots to you know make up for not having jamal murray out there austin rivers you can't do it buddy i mean he's 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 doing good though yeah he's doing good but we'll leave it at that we got our predictions tonight uh, Chase, he's taking the Suns. I'm taking either, you know, kind of a one or two point margin going either way. I think it's going to be the final shot. So we'll leave it at that. Uh, we'll let you guys enjoy off your Sunday. Aussie, thank you, Chase, for coming on to the show. I've been left empty handed this week. So <laughs> we'll be getting some more content coming out for you guys. But without further ado, this is Coast to Coast Podcast. We are signing out. Peace. <laughs>